in their dreams. The human voice has always connected audiences with experiences. Major brands all across America have trusted Kevers Voice time and time again. Conversational, powerhouse, intelligent, and sincere. That's the voice you need for your creative marketing process. K-E-A-V-E-R-S-V-O-I-C-E dot com. Kevers Voice, Kevers Voice, KeversVoice.com. Always on, all the time. When we invest in ourselves, our glow, our vision, our vibe, we all shine. Together, we are black beyond measure. Remember the revival? Relive the remix. Reunite for the Orange Blossom Classic. HBCU reunion experience. It's year three, baby, and we back with that fire. Calling all HBCU fans. Labor Day weekend. The I Love Jackson State University takes on the Venomous. Florida AM University. Tickets are on sale now. Watch the game in premium style seating or watch it from a luxury suite. And of course, you know the halftime show. It's going to be epic right here in the 305. The sonic boom of the South and the illustrious Marching 100. Who you rocking with? The 2023 Orange Blossom Classic. Don't miss the HBCU reunion experience. Labor Day weekend, Miami Gardens, Florida, Hard Rock Stadium. Trust me, we'll see you there. Oh, oh, oh. Check out OrangeBlossomClassic.com for tickets and info. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Good evening. Hello. Hello, Rattler Nation. I'm Brian Fulford, Kelvin Rozier, Marcus Green. We are the ONG Strike Zone. It's good to be on with another live episode for you tonight because we are celebrating another championship. Championship. Uh, <laughs> celebrating another championship. Feels good to be champions. Um, and, and, and all that comes with it. Our second of the spring Third, uh, actually, as as my good friend Keith from uh, Fifth Quarter uh, Fangs Up podcast says, this is actually the fifth championship that FAMU has won this school year. That's uh, that's regular season and conference titles. So um, 
we'll talk about that and more. Uh, before we get going, Kelvin, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, man. I'm very excited, man. I'm, I'm glad to be with the brethren as usual. Um, long live Kofi. All is well, though. Amen. Amen. Brother Kofi would have wanted championships, and uh, we 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 got him. We, we've got him. Actually have claimed three of him, three of them, uh, since uh, since he, he left us to, to manage this job without him. Uh, Marcus, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Just basking in the glory. <laughs> basking in the glory. <laughs> uh, beautiful thing it is, right? Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, feel it feels good. Uh, so, uh, give a shout out to everybody who has jumped in early mm-hmm. inside of the uh, chat rooms on YouTube and Facebook. Uh, we appreciate you for supporting the show, the ONG Strike Zone, a part of the. Black College Sports Network and Jericho Broadcast Networks. Uh, find us and follow us at ONG Strike Zone, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please make sure to try and share the show, if you would, with a friend. And uh, go download that Jericho Broadcast Networks app on the Google Play and Apple uh, Apple App Store. Just search my JBN, my BCSN. So, yeah, baseball, baseball, baseball as uh, – Bull jumps in, said that's we got a lot of baseball to talk about tonight. Um, definitely shout out to the to the folks who jumped in early. Kenneth Rozier, we know that guy. Um, <laughs> he's, he's family, family. Um, shout out to uh, HBCU Band Talk uh, for getting in there early. Uh, Tamara T, say hello. You always jump in there early. Uh, J Mac. Um, Jumping in there, uh, Melissa Wilson jumping uh-huh. in. <laughs> Mary, Mary 305, uh, giving a shout out. Uh, uh, Meredith jumping in there. I noticed uh, Bull. Bull, said, Bull said he was in the OBC uh, commercial there. You have to tell us what the what the count is, how many seconds into that promotion you are. I, I you know, I'm, I'm sure he is. There might be a few people that we know in there. Dwayne Sweet, sweet, thanks for jumping sweet. in. Uh-huh. Jumping in there. EA jumps in. Congratulations to the Rattlers. Yeah, so we got a lot of show to talk about. Okay, so here's what we're doing today. You know, we, we're picking up. We're talking about what's current. We're talking about what is upcoming. And we're talking, you know, we're catching up with people that we missed, that we that we haven't had a chance to talk to. So coming up at the bottom of the hour, I know in this opening segment, we're going to talk a lot about baseball, a lot about FAMU baseball. Then we're going to kind of pivot. You know what I mean? Pivot, just like in basketball, a basketball pivot. We're going to make a basketball pivot, and we're going to catch up with uh, our head women's coach, Shalom Pillow. Uh, coach Pillow, you know, we've been we've been reaching out to Coach Pillow over the last couple of months to get her on. Uh, she's been she's been super busy out on the recruiting trail, so we're going to find out what the latest is with our women's basketball program uh, slowly building. And so I know a lot of you are eager to find out where we're at, where things are, and uh, how we're going to continue to build uh, from the previous season. And then coming up at the top of hour two, we're going to talk to the three-time FAMU base conference baseball winning coach, Coach Jamie Shoup, who won his third conference title uh, this past weekend, um, and kind of talk to him about that. And then sort of at the bottom 
of hour two. We'll kind of clean up with any other news and notes that we didn't get to talk about. So that's the uh, that's the rundown. So if you got your questions for Coach Pillow, you know, put them in the put them in the chat. You know, we'll kind of star them and see. We we may ask uh, and see what goes on there. Hunt always checking in from Monroe. Yeah, if you got questions for Coach Shoop, you can put those in the chats and we'll we'll make sure to see if it's not a question that we were already going to ask. We'll go from there. But all right. So, fellas, Kelvin, Marcus, let's talk about the baseball tournament. Um, I had the fortune of driving up to Atlanta to uh to watch and and cover that Saturday and Sunday. Um, a lot of people thought I was crazy. Last Sunday, went on the sports wrap. I predicted an all-Florida SWAT championship game. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of people thought I was you know, kind of, kind of thought I was colors on my sleeve. But I, I had you a little something. Pat yourself on the back. Mm-hmm. My other, my other <laughs> um, yeah, so – as you know, in, in watching the broadcast, and then uh, you know, I would say, well, well let's just go. We'll, we'll go quickly because we got a lot of topics that we we can go through. So let let's let's start with how they did it. How they did it. It's an interesting look at how the Rattlers did it, and the reason we call the title when all when it all comes together because I think. This is a case of offense, pitching, defense, mm-hmm. all coming together at the right time. And, and really, this is a 500 ball club, let's be real, in terms of record. But we knew they were better than their record. But it's a team that put it all together at the right time. And that's what you have to do in, in all sports at this point in the season, right? So I, that's what I look at. And, and so, Kelvin, did you look at what this team did over the course of six games uh, in Atlanta? How do you think they did it? What What was the recipe for them in your eyes? I was able to watch uh, Coach Shoup in a lot of the shows um, following the uh, tournament. And I think, you know, it came down to what we thought it would come down to. We had really good pitching from pitchers who pitched their best games in the tournament. We knew we were a good hitting team, and the guys, the bats came alive. Uh, Outside of the 1-0 squeaker after we got to the loser's bracket against um, Purdue. View, outside of that, I think we pretty much were seven, eight, nine runs every game. So, um, you know, when you can hit the ball like we can hit the ball, you're never out of a game. Uh, we played fa- fairly clean, no errors, but a, a very few errors, let's put it that way, uh, in terms of fielding. We had some base running ones, I think, uh, in the game. Actually, the game we lost uh, when we had a four-run lead, uh, you know, we had a chance to have more runs, and it was a couple of base running things where guys got – Two of those outs in that inning, and when the bases were loaded, uh, were guys. Uh, one guy was trying to stretch a double, 
why they were throwing home and got thrown out at second, and then another guy got thrown out. Uh, what was it at third, I believe? But um, but we we played good defense, we had good pitching, and we hit the ball. And in postseason play, that's the recipe for winning. Marcus, your your thoughts on on how this team did what they did? Well, first I want to give. Uh, Kelvin props, because way back in March, I know there were some rumblings about, especially after we had lost an extra inning game to Mercer, we were up like big, and then they came back and went extra, and Kelvin said, we'll be all right. You know, Coach, he's already told us on the show, he said, you know, he experiments with the with the middle-of-the-week non-conference games with the pitchers and test people out, give them experience. But when it comes to conference play, things are going to change. And he said he wouldn't be surprised if we won the SWAC East, which we didn't, but or and contend for the championship, which we did. So I'm giving Kelvin his props with his March prediction, early season prediction. Wow, and I would, agree with, yeah, I would agree with his assessment that even like some pitchers that when um, Coach Shoot rolled him out and I saw the starting lineup or I saw it midway, mid-game, I was like, uh, you know, I was worried because, you know, we're putting everything on Hunter Veets. You know, he's a friend of the show, but he's been the most consistent. But Dallas Tease came through. I believe he was the winner of the 1-0 game, our first elimination game. And then I forgot who started. Uh, was it Raylan Wagner? I believe we started the second game against Alabama State where we staved off elimination and I forgot who pitched the third game. So, but key pitching came through all the, it may have been um, the young man, the transfer from Kansas city from the um, community college in Kansas city. And so he really threw a good game. And so timely pitching and also noticed in one of the articles, it may have been the run written by Gerald where he interviewed people and said that the team really endeavored to cut down on the number of errors. And I think they dropped, 14 or 15 errors compared to last year. They happen to recall that during the tournament, there were a couple of key errors that allowed Southern to come back when we had a big lead in the 2022 SWAC tournament. So everything did come together. The pitching, timely pitching from key members where we needed it. We needed those games. The hitting has been there, and even with the exception of the, the PV game. And then just the resolve, the senior resolve. We have a lot of seniors on the team. And so just having them there and, and pulling through remembering last year but also pulling on their vast baseball experience in addition to coach shoop's moves some of which were questioned online but uh, were proved to work out uh in the end for a championship um you mentioned those those pitchers and i'm gonna i like to call them the uns uh, i mean i hope i say this the unsung heroes of this tournament, you know, um, and, and you mentioned uh, Raylan Wagner. Mm -hmm. uh, you also got to mention uh, Dallas Tees, Trey Simmons. I'm going to I'm going to get Trey to their, Simmons. Yeah, I'm going to get to their order in terms of which. But I know, you know, let, let's start first off. Caleb Granger in the first game against Alabama State, the game in which, you know, we give up five runs in the bottom of the ninth. Uh, well, actually, we had an eight to three lead, gave up a run in the bottom of the eighth. Then, of course, we give up uh, the five runs in the bottom of the ninth. That's a game that 
you know, on, on, what's funny is on that particular day, that's a day in which probably Bethune Cookman won a game on the last at bat. Alabama State beat us on the last at bat. Um, we rebounded from that game. You know, that's mm-hmm. a game where, you know, I, I talked to, you know, I mentioned to somebody, we were down 2 old to start, tied the game at two in the third, jumped in the top of the fifth where we jumped three runs on them in the top of the fifth, added three runs on the top of the eight. We go into the three, we were six outs away from winning that contest. And we're up eight to three on the number one team in the division. You know, Granger, uh, outside of giving up the two, the two runs in the first inning, pitched a solid game. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't give up anything else in that. Actually committed no errors in that contest. I mean, they don't count wild pitches as errors. So, I mean, there, there was a uh, some wild pitches that allowed Alabama. They don't necessarily count those as errors. You know, so we actually – that was, you know, the second uh, – let me see. Was that the second game after Veach? Um Yes. yes. It, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was the second game after Veach, right? So we got the performance from our starters. And, and all weekend, we got the performance from our starters that we needed. Um, how about in an elimination game at 9 o'clock in the morning, uh, you know, against Preview, a 1-0 ball game, in which, you know, again, nobody had errors, but um, Dallas Tees, seven innings, gave up four hits, walked three, you know, he got all the way into the closing moments, and then Coach Shoot throws out Zach Murray. And now Zach, Zach, as we call, as he has become known every day, every day, Murray, every day, day, day. pitched in every game you know so he gets he gets he gets the the close out game one unfortunately he gives up two runs in game two but he comes right back in a 1-0 ball game shuts down Prairie View uh to close them out and and you know credit to Dallas Tees for going seven strong seven strong innings and then um I'm, I'm taking a second because I'm going through the uh, the box scores, then in the sort of game two versus Alabama State, a game that we get down, uh, we were down three to one in the uh, through six innings before we put on a seven run eighth inning. But the fact that we kept that game close, Raylan Wagner goes eight and a third, eight and a third innings. Right, I mean. Now that tells you about, I think the trust that coach has. The fact that he had, you know, we've given up six runs. Well, actually, let me take that back. Raylan had only given up three runs prior to us going up and getting seven runs in the eighth. Um, he gave up a couple of runs there in the bottom of the ninth before coach pulled him out. But the kid went eight. And a third innings. Damn near pitched a complete game mm-hmm. with the season on the line. Right. And then of course you get the uh the uh the the uh the performance by Trey Simmons in game three 
versus Alabama State, where uh, Trey goes six innings, and we're—I mean, it, it's just those those guys. And then, of course, Zach Murray closing the games out. There were so many people who wondered. Like, here, here's a, here's a question for you guys: Going into the the what we call the semifinal game Saturday, the big question floating around by a lot of the media was will coach go to Veets mm-hmm. on Saturday or will he go to Simmons? What was your what was your thought on the decision to go to Simmons and not Veets, first off? Uh to be honest, well I'll jump in I was surprised. I could have I would would have I wouldn't have bet my life on it, but I would have bet something on it that Veets was gonna go against Alabama State. Because Trey Simmons, I haven't looked at his stats, but I remember seeing a couple games, and his ERA was pretty high, like in the eights or nines or something. And I was worried, okay, we're going against the number one team that has seemingly a lot of hitters, but he pulled it out. I mean, he he balled out. So I was when I was watching the pregame show, and I think y'all mentioned he was starting. I was like, okay, coach, you know, you know what you're doing, or you just, you know what you're doing, and you're saving Hunter for tomorrow. And he's got him in his back pocket. So it's um, almost like a game six of the World Series, you know, where you put someone out there and, you know, you got your whole bullpen and even your starters on short rest or starters as a middle reliever if you have to. And the other thing about that game, if I remember correctly, it seemed like that game and maybe even the championship game, the strike zone was really, really either tight or wide. I was like, oh, my gosh. There was some pitches. I was like. I was some pitches and I was like, you know what? That either looked like a ball and he called it a strike or it was a strike and it was just barely missing it. One of those was really tight. So I was kind of worried about that, but he Paul, he powered through and he's a big boy. He's like 6'2", 225 according to his, his stats. So he looked, he had a presence on the mound literally and figuratively. Yeah. Do you want to add anything in there, Kelvin? Yeah, I was just going to say that one, I, I believe uh, Vets would have came in had not uh, that Saturday game had uh, things fallen apart. But uh, you got to remember now, Coach had played Alabama State six times. And over, even though we only won one of those six, uh, we, we, and, and two more times in the tournament, he had seen them enough. And we had been competitive in the games we played against them outside of, say, one probably. So we had a chance we you know went 14 innings. We went what extra innings twice against them, I think, um in the regular season. And um, you know, we had a couple of one or two run games. So mm-hmm. so I, I thought he was he was confident he was showing some confidence and he know that he had an ace in the hole if he needed to pull it out. But he I think he felt good about our bats and the way we played and and uh, we were we were rewarded. And um to what you was pointing out and I believe J Mac mentioned in the um, comments, it was impressive that we, you know, those starters gave us six, seven, eight innings. One, because the, the bullpen is our weakness. Two, because the strike zone was so inconsistent. I mean, there were some balls way outside that were, you know, being called strikes. And um, sometimes they would, he'll get a low pitch. Uh, sometimes he wasn't given a low pitch. Yeah, it was just very inconsistent, that especially that uh, Saturday game against Alabama oh, yeah. State. 
So so the pitchers did a good job adjusting to how the game was being um the balls and strikes have been called also. Yeah, the um you were gonna add in there, Marcus. <laughs> oh no, I think we got a baseball player in the chat. <laughs> um <laughs> look, we uh it's it was just really impressive. Um, I, I, here's my thought. Okay, so I told people, and I think I said this on the pre-show, I thought the plan for Trey Simmons was Trey Simmons to go one time through the order. The minute we jumped out and got a 2-0 lead in the first and then we're up 3-0 uh, going into the middle of the fourth, Trey was starting to go the second time through. And I think that gave Coach a little cushion. And the big inning actually was the bottom of the fourth inning. We only gave up two runs, and we kept a one-run lead. So I think what resulted of that is the top of the fifth is where we really broke it open with five, with three runs. And so now we go from the mindset of Coach Shoot probably changing from the guys are going the second time through, Trey is still pitching well, Let's just see what Trey can do. And then, boom, we get out of the fourth inning. Still have a one-run lead. The bats add three more. Now we're up four. And guess what? Coach is probably thinking, I could go with Trey a couple of more innings. And guess what he does? Fifth inning, no runs allowed. Sixth inning, no runs allowed. Trey's, I mean, it worked out just perfectly. And that's why, I, you know, I had asked Coach, you know, Dallas Tees, Trey Simmons, Raylan Wagner. And I know the forgotten man is Caleb Granger. Those four guys, and of course, look, we we, we know what Veets did, and we know Zach Murray, uh, who was named the tournament MVP. Uh, they shut it down. But those four starters in the middle of the two Veets games, those were the unsung heroes. I mean, we'll talk about – you know, Greco and his hitting and the, the home the home runs by the team. But it, it should not be lost that those four guys pitched their tail off. If they uh I you know you somebody else can maybe I haven't had a chance to go deep diving. They may have pitched their best games of the season in that moment. And that's a beautiful thing to see. And uh I know coach had said in post game he said he gave them all a big hug. And I said heck yeah because no one really was accounting and expecting no one other than them and coach and maybe the rest of the pitching staff and their teammates, uh, us on the outside, but that's why we sit on the outside, right? (laughs) We, we analyze based on the numbers that we see. Um, None of us were really, uh, we were hopeful, but we didn't know what we were going to get. And so seeing those guys perform, congratulations to those guys. Uh, for 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 pitching their best, and, and they definitely should be applauded and praised. And you know, if I had all of their social media handles, I'd tell you to go follow them, find them, and Rattler Nation go give them a shout out because those four dudes, uh, along with Veets, and of course we 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 talked to Veets uh, and and Murray, a Tallahassee kid. I mean, you know, how awesome is that? You know, a Tallahassee guy um, to be able to do what what they did and and i know you know i, I don't know just uh, any other thoughts you guys want to add there on just uh we we could talk about offense all day but you know pitching is what we all talked about winning championships but damn that pitching was that came through for us boy was it great mm-hmm. 
No, I'm. I pretty much. I mean, I was sitting yes, there watching. Yes, it was. My phone. Uh, it, it, Go ahead. Go ahead, Kevin. No, I was just gonna say real quick. Shout out to uh, Ad Sykes uh, for uh, being active on social media and and um, making tickets available for those that attend the game. Uh, so you know, we had this fan support looked you know pretty strong on Friday and Saturday, and um, and just thank her. You know, want to thank her for being ambassador, and of course she was there uh, uh, in all the shots. Uh, pretty much out there every game, you know, on the field, greeting the team and, and the coaches and so forth. Hey, I, I, I I'll that. take that. I, I'll take that <laughs> over the the other. I'll take that over the other. Uh, the other. The other. The other guy who jumps in a lot of photos. At least she was into the game, buying tickets, <laughs> putting her money where her mouth is. Right. You know, and you know, so I, I'll take that. You want to jump out there and, and throw water on people and get big hugs? I'll take that. Ad. You know, because because you earned it, you earned it, man. And, and then, hey, I, I I tweeted this out. You always hear her talk about improving the student athlete experience, right? Mm-hmm. What does she do, Kelvin? You talk about this real quick. We've gone to other regionals before. Have we? Is this normal that we put the team on a bus forty eight hours so that the team can get to Gainesville or wherever they're going and be fully? Re- I mean, forty eight hours before first pitch. That's pretty good. I mean, I would think. I mean, we're only two hours away. So I mean, that when we went to when we went to Georgia Tech, I believe we um were early too. I believe the NCAA assists with uh, some of the costs uh, when you make the tournament. Um, and Coach Shoop is very detailed. Um, before the season starts, he has uh, his itinerary and and how he everything laid out and 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 he, you know he's not looking for the money at the end of the season. He already got his money. So he's very proactive in how he operates his program. So, you know, shout out to Coach Shoot for that. Right, right. Um, all right. I had some other stuff that I was looking for that I will find. I found it here. Um, just one quick note before we go to commercial. Um, this tweeted out from the FAMU Baseball Twitter account. The Rattlers had a historic season having broke the program's runs, home runs, doubles and RBI records. And I'm assuming that is a season record. Really? So 447 runs, 69 home runs, 112 doubles, 409 RBIs, uh, and 13 hits from breaking the single season hits record. So, you know, assuming that we play a few games in Gainesville, um, we, we might be able to even uh, break that record. But I, I think in total, uh, FAMU had hit in the SWAT tournament six six home runs. No, nine. How many homers did we hit in that championship game? Three? Three or four? We finished with, I believe, nine I believe three. I'm guessing. Okay. So we finished with nine home runs in that tournament, which, you know, I was I was searching for and trying to find out whether anybody had any historical records on that kind of stuff. Um, you know, so we'll, we'll talk about that and some more. But up, coming up on the other side of the break. One quick interjection, Brian. Uh, please, one other please. record that just came out like an hour ago. 
on okay. the athletic account. Uh, the Family baseball team had four players with 50-plus RBIs for the first time in program history. And Ty Hanchi is two away, assuming, and I'm assuming that uh, tournament numbers count. So if he gets two RBI yeah. in the uh, in the NCAA regional game, that he would also be he would make the fifth person the fifth person this year to get 50 plus RBIs, which would once again be another team record or, or team accomplishment or program accomplishment. Right. Yeah. Right. That's awesome. All right. Um, we'll talk more baseball and as well as some other sports on the other side. But as I said, we're going to take a pivot, literally pivot from off baseball to the basketball court. We're going to talk to our head women's coach, Shalom Pillow. We've been, uh, you guys have, uh, we've been waiting to talk to coach and uh, she's been hard on the recruiting trail. So we'll get a chance to talk to her and, um, you know, see where things are at with our women's basketball program coming up on the other side of the break. So you're watching the ONG Strike Zone. You guys hang in there. Give us a quick two minutes, and we'll be right back with Coach Pillow. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay, call Cuvay. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. Welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian, Kelvin, Marcus, and joining us is our head women's basketball coach, Coach Shalom Pillow. Coach Pillow, how you doing out there? I'm doing well. How are y'all doing tonight? Hey, it's a it's a pleasure to, to have you on the show. Uh, yeah. we're celebrating we're celebrating a championship. Um, you know, just talking about all that all that good stuff that comes with it. 
Um, let me ask this, but I'll jump right in and ask, you know, when you see another program within the university, within the athletic structure, when, you know, we've seen tennis this spring, we've seen uh, baseball, and of course, this is after the winter season. How do, what does that do for for you and your, does it get your juices boiling? Is it like, hey, you know, we, we want to get, we, we got to, we got to get there. We got to get the championship. What, what kind of reaction does that, uh, does that, does that get from you and maybe your staff or your players when you see the hard work that, that the other programs are doing and they're able to come home with those uh, SWAC trophies? Well, um, you forgot volleyball. Volleyball is back to back. Right. Yes. Ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was. They right. it twice. Um, also, it's just we look at all three of them. They've been so persistent and uh, dedicated to the process um, for both baseball and for tennis. It's their first one, and I know Nikki's been here for over twenty-five years. I'm, I'm guessing. Um, Swoop not our shoot not as not as long was how long has he been there like fifteen has he been there that long fourteen fourteen two thousand fourteen yeah. yeah so just um the perseverance and to to stick with it and push through to to get those championships is is something um something in itself honestly I mean just think of all that um the um adversity they faced in that time i know i've been here three years and had three ad's so <laughs> i can't imagine <laughs> what uh 25 plus or are close to 15 years will look like for them and what they faced definitely definitely uh, you you're very familiar with uh, uh, uh overcoming and dealing with adversity um talk about evaluating the end of the season what things do you feel um went well improved what what were some of the challenges where you kind of look back on the season you say this didn't go kind of the way we wanted to and and then how do you prepare uh for the next year yeah so i say that although reflecting back i'm gonna tell you like in it and during it this was not my view but now that i have time that season's over and i've been able to reflect on it we have actually come a long way, even though our record does not reflect that. Um, we were able to run more things. There, there was tons of adversity. Um, again, didn't have my whole roster, but maybe three or four games of the season. If you remember, we had some players miss some games early in the season. And then as the season went on, we had injuries. We finished probably the last quarter of the season with eight players. And um, it'd be different if you could pick the eight that you wanted to, <laughs> to finish with. But, you know, we had to completely pivot and um, come up with a new game scheme, a new philosophy. So um, now moving forward, um, we're almost we're starting over again. Um, so we had six seniors mm -hmm. and my assumption was that three of them would come back and uh, of the six. And none of them decided to come back. That's just the way of the portal and, you know, the COVID year and the grad transfer year. We got all those things that are about to end soon, you know, so there's not such a as big as a guessing game. You know, the portal changes the whole game. But as far as, like, are they going to take their COVID year? Are they not? Are they going to transfer for their grad year? All those kind of things um, kind of play came into play. Um, of course, Dylan, she decided to go close to home. I cannot blame her for that. She's 
was at Virginia and then um, in Florida. She's from California. So she has the opportunity to go play in front of her family her last year. Um, I'm a big family person. Can't blame her for that. And then uh, me, Day, and Paula, they're both doing great. They decided they didn't want to play basketball anymore. Paula's already got a job in um, academic advising at TCU. Um, me, Day's going to finish up school in the fall. Uh, she's doing an internship with this um, law firm in Canada. So she's doing well. She's on path. And that is what I do this for. I want my girls to be prepared for life after basketball. So although the basketball didn't work out the way I envisioned it for them, those two young ladies with Mide and Paula, like they are set. They're on track. They are moving forward um, with their life after basketball. And Dylan's positioned herself to do the things with her music and entertainment and all that kind of stuff, being back on the West Coast in California and uh, close to her family. So I'm really proud of them, of all of them. And the other three seniors, um, my my OG ones, the ones that um, that were here with me with uh, Stacia, she was one of the first ones to graduate and her family. And she was one of the only ones that have a job lined up when she uh, graduated. That's not common for anyone really. So she's set to be um, uh, a teacher back in her hometown and uh, help with her basketball team. Um, we got Kaylin. She, graduated top of her class um, in the business school. And she's got job offers, but decided that she wanted to go to um, to grad school and she's gonna have a job regardless. She had a great uh, internship the previous summer that put her in a position to have job offers. And then um, also Kaylin, she's working hard too. She's uh, back home right now and uh, she's working. So, I mean, those are the things outside of the basketball that I feel like were successes uh, for our program. Nice, nice. Go, go ahead, Kelvin. I, I I may circle back to that depending upon what you guys ask. Go ahead, Kelvin. Definitely kudos on all those players graduating. That was one of the things that I did notice. And, um, you know, of course, uh, that that's the big, the major piece of why they're here. And so it was great to see that part that the, that the young ladies are doing so well. Not only did they graduate, but they – they graduated with accolades. They were they were they were honor students and so forth. So right. that, that's awesome. Um, you led me right into what my first question was going to be, which is roster management. Mm -hmm. So now, given everything you just laid out, uh, I'm kind of interested. I know you signed some 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 players earlier. Um, I know you had some players that were injured at the end of the season. So my question is, uh, how many more players you want to sign? What's your what are you looking at? What you know, high school versus transfer reporter type deal, and uh, those players who are injured, how how they how's their recovery coming along, um, going into the fall? Okay, so I was just having this conversation with a colleague today about the high school kids. Um, they're at a disadvantage right now, especially unless you're a top top high school kid. You know, they're kind of third on the pecking order. It's Transfer, JUCO, and then high school players. And that's kind of where I am, especially in my position. I only have one year left on my contract. I don't really have the time or opportunity to bring in a high school player and develop them. I need somebody that can help me right away. I need someone who's got the experience, um, who doesn't have to really adjust to college life. Now, I have learned that some of my Power Five, uh, they have to adjust to 
um, having so much to do <laughs> in Tallahassee and in HBCU, that's been an adjustment, but still they understand um, what is expected as far as uh, the work ethic and what it takes to win. Um, so um, that was a that was an eight part question. Let me try to remember everything that she said. <laughs> so um, I have uh, five players returning. Um, that would be um, Skyler. She was injured at the end of the season, and she was playing so well. I mean, she was she was really big in, on the Alabama trip, and then she got hurt the next game at home that next swing. But she's been doing an amazing job. She can't do a lot physically, but she's been really focusing on her diet. Um, she's even lost some weight, and she is she's doing everything she can to be prepared to come back. She was so disappointed, and as we all were, um, her uh, season ending a little early. Um, we have Perry coming back. She did not play because of shoulder surgery. Um, she's back running. She looks great. She came by the office last week. And she looks in great shape. She's been able to run and do some more things in the weight room. So her shoulder's coming along great. We have Ari coming back. Um, Yvette, um, our kid from Spain. And um, lastly, we have E, uh, the post player, coming back. So um, those last three that I mentioned were part of the eight that finished the season. Um, they did a great job for us and coming in and working hard every day uh, with the circumstances. That wasn't easy for anybody, but those, those three, they showed up every day. Was, was, okay. I'm sure I'm missing a part. What was the next? Oh, how many recruits? Look, I got, I got it. How many recruits am I bringing in and do I need to get? Okay. So right. um, as you said, we <laughs> Sorry about the complex. Huh? I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that complex question. I'm known to do that. See, I'm on it. I got it. I got it. So um, we signed one high school kid early um, out of Detroit area. Um, so she's she's been signed. And then mm -hmm. we signed two kids from Daytona State. Um, so they'll be joining us a, a big, well, a big, yeah, three, four, and another guard. Um, we have signed Yvette's Ooh. sister. She's transferring from Moorhead. So um, another hard worker. And then um, there are, we have another commit that's not official yet, so I can't really speak about her. So that brings up, bring us up to 10. And I have 15 spots. And honestly, y'all, I usually try to keep it around 13. But the way my last two seasons have gone and ended with injuries, um, I'm going to get best available, you know, and I'm going to try to fill out the roster with 15. It's hard to manage 15, but shoot, I don't want to be in that situation again yeah. with only eight players. Um, so hopefully with more numbers, maybe we'll be healthier. Um, and and I, I'll just have to play the numbers game. That's what Coach McCollum does. I took a, book, a page out of his book <laughs> with all the walk-ons, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. He never has a problem with numbers. So. Um, I definitely talk to him a lot. He's a he's a huge support and, and helps a lot. Yeah, great I, job, Coach. You did a great job. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't miss anything. You know, you got it. All right, I, Mar Marcus. Before you go, I, I jump in there. So, Coach, you'd be open to definitely bringing in some some walk ons and things of that nature to 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 fill out that you know the plus two or however however you do it, right? So you can get a full fifteen. Well, yeah, so I have uh, scholarships available still, so I'm going to uh, try to fill those out. I'm not going to just bring anybody in just to sure. have numbers. 
Um, it's really important that we have good people um, building a culture. We can't afford to have any knuckleheads in. Now, I've had some kids reach out that are phenomenal players, but um, I can't I can't chance bringing in a low character kid or a kid that we're going to have to keep our thumb on because the ladies that we have work so hard that just takes time away from them and time to develop them uh, away. If I have to chase knucklehead one, knucklehead two over here and making sure they're where they're supposed to be and in class and all that kind of stuff. So um, we have a group. We have we finished third in athletics. Um, I believe we finished behind baseball and volleyball. Um, with our GPA, we got 3.41. So, um, yeah. I mean, let me have one. I Baseball and volleyball already have championships. Let me, keep the <laughs> let me win in the classroom at least. They're double dipping. But uh, uh, we're still working hard at that. So, I mean, we, we continue to have goals outside of basketball just to keep us motivated and find wins where we can find wins to keep our, our morale up. All right. Go ahead, Marcus. Uh, good evening, Coach. Um, I guess I'm going to only stick to a three-part question instead of eight like Kelvin. <laughs> but I guess the first one is, what should we, what should Rattler Nation expect in year four? So that's the first question. And I guess the next two are kind of tied to it. With only five folks returning, are you looking to reshape the roster to perhaps have a different style, not a different style of play, but I don't know if there's certain size or other physical attributes that you're looking to augment the returning players. Mm -hmm. That's question number two. And third question kind of ties in. I saw somewhere, I think um, 80, VP80 Sykes, maybe a month or so ago, mentioned some in an interview at the 220 QB Club that I think the state of Florida had ratified an amendment where student athletes could get in-state tuition. At least that's what I thought I heard. And how has that impacted your ability to recruit, not having to tussle with out-of-state transfers, I'm sorry, out-of-state tuition and managing that from the dollars or scholarship standpoint? Um, okay, I'll go from the beginning. So number one, I want to put an asterisk by year four because year one was COVID. Mm. And I'll put yeah. a half asterisk by year Two, because it was, it was still, still COVID, like the way yeah. the numbers and everything were. So um, year three really felt like my first true season, even though we still had adversity, we still have our issues and things like that. It felt more like a traditional season, more like that. Um, so moving into year four, um, technically, it's I feel like our culture is going to take a huge jump um, because I'm – vetted and was very careful with the type of kids we brought in, meaning like their work ethic, um, more kids with a little bit of chip on their shoulder. Um, sometimes kids come here and they're thinking, well, they have a chip on their shoulder. This is what I ran into. They're better than the kids that we may have already had. So that all that work they put in at their other school, um, they have to do half that work and still get the reward of all the playing time because they're better. So now I feel like I have the majority of the roster is more like-minded and they just want to compete. They want to play, they want to win. And they're not worried about like this person's I'm better than this person. So I'm not going to work as hard. They're ready to get in and get after it and compete for spots. Um, so I think that's going to, even last season, I mean, 
we competed more in practice. It's still not where I want it, but it was much more competitive than year one and two, for sure. And I think that's going to take an even bigger jump um, in year four moving in. Because um, most of these, they just, they want to play, they want to work hard, and they're competitive. Especially, I mean, I was about to say especially, but but everybody, everybody new coming in has has that mentality. Um, second part of this question, don't tell me, because I've been acing my test. <laughs> second part. Oh, shoot. Okay, I don't have time, I guess. What was the second part? Attributes of, of, of what you're looking for. Oh, uh, I'm looking for. Yeah. Style of play was kind of looped in there to see whether the style. I think style it, of play. It, it, I'm going to change style my style of play. Yeah. yeah. No, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so, to answer that question, the style of play has always been to defend, turn our defense, and the offense. And I think you guys saw more of that um, in spurts during the season. But again, towards the end, we only had eight. So it was really hard to press and get into people's um, shorts defensively and all that type of things. We only have eight. You had to change the style. We play a lot more zone than I expected that we would play. But again, with the eight that we had in the matchups, it was difficult to match up man to man because we spent so much time last preseason on our defensive principles, um, help and all that kind of stuff. And as I said, throughout the season, at the beginning, we didn't have a full roster. In the middle, uh, I felt like we got it going again, and then we get an injury or we get something, some type of disciplinary situation and somebody to sit out, and then we are back in the same rotation. Just got to switch and and fit what we had available to play. But um, we've always been about pace. So I I know I've talked about it before. Our our team philosophy is pace, P-A-C-E, is purpose, accountability, communication, and energy. So um, we want to get out there, and our our purpose is, well, it's twofold. Off the court, I want our girls to be thinking about their purpose so they're prepared for life after basketball. On the court, we're talking about why we're doing the things we're doing. So it translates into game situations. Um, Accountability, that's huge in life. Um, it goes on and off the court. I have I have rules. Um, if you can't follow them, I don't care if you are my starter or if you get two minutes, um, you're going to be held accountable. Um, it does. It, I have to try to establish a culture. I can't get let you get away with something and not let somebody else. Now, always are different circumstances. Sometimes people just make mistakes. They're on point all the time. So there's going to be a consequence, of course, but and you're going to be held accountable. But um, that may vary. But Everybody's going to be held accountable. Um, communication is huge on the court. It's huge off the court. That's how we um, we always want our kids to have academics first. If there's a tutor or practice at the same time, I'm going to tell you go to your tutor. As long as you communicate. You can't tell me five minutes before practice, yeah, coach, I ain't going to make it. I got a tutor. <laughs> like, I'm going to need you to communicate uh, clear and often and, and with care. So um, we always talk about communication and then energy. We, we have two hours mostly to be on the court. We're going to be here for the two hours. So how do you want to approach it? You want to approach it with good energy, bad energy, or what? Because I prefer us just go and get after it for two hours, you know, have fun, cheer each other on, have great energy, because we want to be there regardless. <laughs> so let's make the most out of it and be intent with our time together. Was it, was there another part to that, uh, Marcus? There, with, uh, uh, there was. I know, but in the interest of time, I won't I won't monopolize it. It was just about, 
it was just about recruit their in-state recruiting for student athletes. Oh yeah, that's awesome. I can answer that quick. I mean, that's amazing. I'm blessed in the fact that I have 15 scholarships. I don't really have to manage like some of my other sports that do like partial scholarships and things like that. So, I mean, it helps across the board. It helps everybody um, with our budget and things like that. So that that is great. Okay. So basketball's headcount versus equivalents as it relates to scholarships. I'm sorry, what was the question? Basketball's headcount. Like, yeah, we have okay. 15 scholarships for women's basketball. Okay. 15 full scholarships. So Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, thank you. Uh, hey, uh coach, before before we get you out of here, I, I want to go back to something because I think when you know Rattler Nation will hear that, oh, we only have five returners, and they'll hear, oh, we're starting over again. And people will go, Oh man, we're starting over again. But but that's not like Every, a lot of programs are doing that. A lot of mid-majors. I, I, I want you to just take a minute and maybe talk about that because you're dealing with what everyone else is dealing with. And I and I got to imagine when you're out on these recruiting trails and you're talking to your other coaches at the AAU tournaments and things, you guys are all dealing with the same thing. So, like, you're not dealing with anything more or less unique than anybody else. Correct. Yes. It's just – so this is, I'm going into my 19th season in collegiate basketball overall, um, assistant and head coach. So back in the day when I was a recruiting coordinator, like we were working several years in advance because it, we knew this this many people are, are uh, graduating. So we had to replace this and this is what position. Now with the portal, it's so unpredictable. It's very difficult to plan ahead. So as I said, uh, this is across the board. You got six seniors and you're expecting three to come back and they have that right to, to not, to not play anymore or to go ahead and go somewhere else their grad year or take it a step further, say um, a non-senior, someone that's not graduating, they have the right to jump in the portal as well. So it's just no way to really predict how many people you're going to need, how many scholarships you're going to need. So, um, What's helpful is the portal on the other end. It's helpful because say you only sign three high school kids with the intent of only needing five or six, whatever. Thank goodness for the portal that I can go in there. Um, just because I had three leaving that I didn't expect to leave, I got the portal there and I can still re-up and still have some good talent and uh, good contributors to the roster. So, um, yeah, it is this a different a different time when it comes to recruiting um it's almost like a crapshoot sometimes like do you do you gamble on taking this kid or do you wait because somebody's going to jump in that portal that might be better than this one and you just it's kind of like a chess match and just trying to figure out what what's going to work best for your team and for that season i got you i got you um so coach uh let people well, well first off are there any summer plans are you doing are you hosting any summer co- summer camps or things of that nature what's the summer look like and then let people know how they can when they if they're out on the trail and they see this great super talented kid with a great character where can they where can they how can they send you info to let you know about them well in this world of social media you wouldn't believe the dms i get on all the social media um outlets so that that's a good way um my email is on the on the website, shalon.pillow at famu.edu. Um, that's another way to get in contact with me. Um, 
but yeah, that's that's the best way to to get a hold of me. And just please, great, great kids, great people, winners, people with great families, all that good stuff. That's really going to build this up and make it uh, long lasting. Gotcha. What, what's that Twitter handle again? Some, surprisingly, I don't have it. I don't know it. What, what's that Twitter handle, Coach? So <clears throat> Twitter is not my thing, but it's oh, okay. FAMU Coach Pillow. I'm a lot more active on Instagram. Okay. And um, yeah, Instagram is my social media of choice. That's your thing. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, I will go over and check uh, Facebook now again and Instagram. I mean, in um, Twitter every blue moon. But, All right. Yeah. So, so, so I let people know you can, you can find coach on Instagram. Also, um, you know, occasionally she'll dip her toe into Twitter and, uh, and, and Facebook. <laughs> yeah. we'll, be, we'll be looking for you on, on IG coach. Um, hey, thank you for your time. Uh, you guys be, be well, um, you know, make sure to send my guy, Matt, somewhere good. Make, send him out to Vegas, uh, the next couple of weeks. Uh, um, <laughs> well, we can, we can talk about that. I am solo right now. So yeah, today, yeah, well, today was coach Willer's last day. His, uh, his oh, a great man. opportunity, um, and, and Charlotte. So okay. he is, he'll be relocating. Um, okay. Coach Davis got the opportunity to go back to her school where she played, so All she'll right. be coaching there. So new staff coming as well. Okay, well we got some more news. So so when we talk later on, we'll be talking about that too, and then the rest of the recruits. So next time we get a chance to talk to you. All, All right. right, sounds good. Thank you guys coach. for having me on. Yeah, hey, appreciate you, Coach. Good luck out thank there. Thank you, Coach. All right, and thank Thanks. you for your time. All right, uh, you guys, uh, let's take a short break. Coming up on the other side. We're going to have um, Coach uh, Coach Shoops ready to join us. He is in Gainesville already as our, uh, as our team is getting ready for the NCAA regionals uh, against the University of Florida. So let's take a quick timeout, come back with Coach Shoop on the other side. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone. We'll be back in just a moment. Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. 
When you're looking for the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. All right, all right. Welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian Kelvin, oh. Marcus Kelvin with the quick with the quick change to get in his baseball gear because we are talking to our championship, our three-time conference championship coach, Coach Jamie Shoup. Coach, on the road in Gainesville, Florida. Thanks for taking time out to join us. Coach, good to see you again. Let me make sure that we have Coach in there. Coach, we got your audio squared away. Coach, can you hear us? Hold on. Let me see. There he is. Let me see. We got you now. Y'all mute? No, I saw him just take himself off mute. I don't have him on mute. Coach, can you hear us? We're not hearing Coach. Let me see. He He tried to figure out the sound. Yeah. Let me see. You got his, you got his number. Can you test him, Coach? Can yeah. you hear us? You can hear us. We can't hear you. All right. Yeah, I don't know, can't Coach. Uh, uh, let's see, Coach. Can you? I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Can you? Let's see. Can you log back? Can you log back in? Any chance you can uh, log back in? I don't know. He can't hear us at all. So. Kelvin, let's see. Can you? Let's see. We'll send. Let me see. Uh, coach, uh, you're trying to send Coach a uh, uh, text and see if we can. I just, I, yeah, I just sent it to. Okay, let me try one more time to kind of add Coach to the stream and see if we can get him. <laughs> <laughs> coach, how we doing? Are you there? Let me see. Go, let me see that. Let me see. Turn. Let's see. <laughs> it ain't a turn. Why well, I, I know sometimes the card or the sound is not working properly. I don't want to. I hate to kick him, kick him all the way out of the room. So let me see. I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna give you a chance to kind of to see what you can what you can do on your end there. Okay, so it looks like coach is gonna try to reconnect in. Um, and we'll go, we'll go back from there. So, uh, I want to give a shout out to a few people who jumped in. Dr. Lori's in the house. Good to see you, doc. Thanks for joining us. Kenya Sykes is in there. Let's see. He logged back in. So let's see if we have coach shoe. Everybody fingers crossed. Now let's see. Yeah, I'm here. Thank you. There we go. All right. Coach, there we go. I don't know what happened. I was enjoying listening to the interview with coach pillow. And uh, once she went away, I guess I went away as well. Uh, I will say this. Uh, she was talking about the transfer portal. And when you look at our baseball team, we're, we're you know, we have several guys that are big contributors based on the transfer portal, including our number one guy that pitched on Sunday in the championship game, Hunter Veets, uh, Jan Michael Bestardo, uh, Sebastian Greco, 
uh, Ty Hanchi. I mean, those are just a few names in the portal that we got that can really turn our program around in a hurry. And she's going to do great jobs. There are a lot of people, all the coaches I pull for at FAMU, there are some people that make it a lot easier for you to pull for them. And she's one of those special people that you really pull for. So I was good to see her on the show. And I know you guys enjoyed visiting with her. She's such a sweet personality and a great coach. Yes, she is. Yeah. Um, it's funny. Uh, you, you started talking about, you, you mentioned the guys that have come from out of the portal. Um, let me go the opposite end of that because, you know, this now being your third championship, but most recently uh, we, we've, it was four years ago. The last time we won, last time you won, that was 2019, different conference. But we got a couple of guys from that team who are now two-time champions. I, I don't know if you had any carryovers from the 15 squad to the 19 <laughs> squad. So, no. <laughs> okay, so these are these are your these are your yeah. first two. Uh, to, and if I, let me see if I got it right, okay? Because I think I heard this on Sunday. Um, uh, oh, oh my God! The names. Oh, Jared Weber and uh, Moray. That's Zach is that Moray. The Zach Every Moray. Every day Moray. Yes, every day Moray. So, but we got COVID in there in twenty. So that's why those guys were sticking around for this year. And both of those were huge contributors. If you look at the tournament alone, uh, Jared Weber led the tournament for FAMU in terms of number of hits. I think he had twelve hits throughout the weekend. And then Zach Moray, all he did was pitch in every game. In the last four games he pitched and recorded a save. So he was so instrumental in us winning that. So you got two great kids, two graduates, two guys that have over way over a 3.0 GPA, graduated with that, and uh, were a huge contributor to the success, not only this season, but the 2019 season and the three seasons in between these two. Yes, indeed. Go ahead, Calvin. So, Coach, Congratulations. Uh, I, I'm I'm superstitious like most coaches and most players are, so you know <laughs> creatures of habit. So uh, that yeah. that that text thing will keep coming <laughs> as long as we keep winning. But yeah. this was a uh, let let's celebrate. I want to celebrate first of all. I know we got uh, Friday coming, but I want to celebrate and talk about the tournament. Uh, I've had the pleasure of seeing you talk on the uh, uh, other programs and so forth uh, since the tournament has ended. But just give me your overall just feel of what you saw from your team, what you like, and, um, and, and how that can translate to this weekend. So all coaches are a little – somebody say coaches aren't all superstitious. Most of them are just a little stitious. So uh, you talked about this. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, it was exciting the way we, the, not only the fact that we won the SWAC in our second year in the, in the league, but the way we run it, won the, the SWAC, um, yeah. you know, winning the first game in pretty decisive manner and nine, a nine to one ball game and then losing in such dramatic fashion, uh, yes. four run lead ninth inning, Moray, everyday Moray on the hill and they scored five. And our players were absolutely crushed. And you said you've heard me speak on other podcasts and other uh, things, and, and, and you've heard me say this before. We were uncharacteristically bad, uncharacteristically bad in the way we handled the loss. I saw finger pointing. I hadn't seen that all year. I saw guys throwing things. hadn't seen that all year. And I understood it because it was such a devastating loss. And so – we had a little heart to heart. We talked to him. We, you know, obviously give him some time. I hurt for him. You know, I was mad as I could be, but I also hurt for him. Um, and I told him a little personal story that I won't get into, but 
But I also told them that it's always good, easy to be good when things are good. And it's always not so easy to be good when things are bad. And we were bad when things turned bad. And, and I told him that. I said, that's unacceptable, not only for your, you know, for your baseball career, but for your life and for your future. Because life's not going to define you. Your, your career is not going to be defined. You know, your future is not going to be defined when things are good, if you handle it good. The, 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 the thing that's going to be the most important to you in life is how you handle the bad. If you're good during bad times, because if you're bad during bad times and it's going to snowball and things are going to become worse and it's going to ruin or actually put a, you know, put a big gap in your future and coming back from, you know, what you need coming back and, and doing something with your future that you need to do to, to make yourself a better person, your family, your marriages. I mean, everything is when things go bad and they will, you know, things are always rosy. It's, it's being good that makes the difference. And our guys were not good during a bad time. They were bad. And so we talked about that a little bit. And obviously, it sounds good now because we were able to come back and win four <laughs> ball games. But, yeah, I meant it, you know. Um, I did say something on a couple of podcasts that I want to correct. Uh, you know, I said that I'm getting toward the end of my career, and that's true. Not going not gonna to change that. But, uh you know, I probably got four or five more years of coaching if, if FAMU will have me for that long. But uh, I, uh, I, you know, I, I said, as you get older in your career, it's all, it's, it becomes more about the young men and their futures, not as much about your career as a coach, but more about these young men and what their future is going to look like. You know, and that's not true. I, I'm going to change that because I'm always worried about the kids. You know, they've kind of come first. I, I stayed at Florida State for 21 years. Probably could have gone other places and, and you know, tried for other things and head coaching positions. But I liked where I was at. And I'm comfortable, you know, where I was at when I was there. Even though I was young and maybe should have made some moves that would possibly progress my career in a different direction and upward mobility-wise. But I don't regret any of that. So it's always been about the kids to me. You know, I've heard a coach tell me before, said, I'm not worried about their family. I'm worried about my family as the coach. That's not true. I'm not worried about my family. I'm worried about these young men in the future, you know, because I've always said, and you guys have heard me say it, uh, a better FAMU makes a better Tallahassee, which makes a better state, which makes a better country. And I'm just, I'm just, I'm thrilled for our guys to get this experience. It could have easily not happened. Uh, you know, one pitch here or one at bat there could have made the difference in the, in, in that ball game and the, in, in the outcome of it, who became SWAT champions. But, Gosh, the way they did it. I know as fans, it had to be fun to watch. A little nerve-wracking in the dugout, so y'all didn't have to go through that. But as a fan, I can't imagine how, how fun and how enjoyable that was for, for FAMU baseball fans. Amen. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Go ahead, Marcus. Well, Coach, first of all, congratulations on, on winning the SWAC. Definitely want to say that. But I have a question as it relates to the upcoming game on Friday. Who do we uh, play? <laughs> we have a good Friday, huh? Okay. Yes, yes, and hopefully many more. Yeah. Uh, with the having played the University of Florida, I believe at least the last couple of years as an out of conference game, right. what advantage do you believe that gives you in combination of having the experience of playing them and the amount of seniors that you have on your team? So it's going to be a completely different ball game. I don't know if the results will be different. Uh, 
but I feel like they will um, because we played them in a midweek game. And we're all we worry about during the season is conference weekend play because it doesn't matter how we do against the midweek games. What matters is how we do on conference weekends to position ourselves in the tournament. Hopefully next year it won't be a third seed and we won't have to go <laughs> through the tournament. But that's all that matters to us. And mid-games, really all they are is to prepare us for those weekend matchups. Um, and we got, you know, we got beat by 10-run rules. I get a 10-run rule when we played Florida last time. Uh, but we got scored eight runs. We hit two or three home runs. Uh, our offense did what our offense has done all year long. Um, and if you look at our out-of-conference strength of schedule, it was ranked third in the country. Yes. Now, that's yep. good. Sometimes for this weekend, that'll be good because we played – Florida. We've played Auburn. We've played, I think, six teams that are in the NCAA tournament right now. We've played them. So that's good experience. But when you look at the record, it's why we're only 29 and 28. Our conference record this year, what were we, 18 and 10, then 22 and 11 count the tournament. We played Gramlin, beat them twice, 23, 24, two other games, 25. We were 26 and 13 this year against conference opponents. But our out-of-state I'm sorry, at a conference record was not that good, but it was also ranked third in the country in terms of the difficulty of the schedule. So there's good and bad that comes from that. And I lay in bed at night wondering if we do the right thing. Should we be playing a, you know, a lesser team rather than a SEC team on midweek games? So I go back and forth on what I would like to do. I know it doesn't make a record look like, you know, like much. We're 29-28, but actually this is our third regional tournament, and that's our best record. That's our only winning record this season going into a regional. So you look at it both ways. Our strength of schedule has been tough. We've played Florida in a midweek game. That's always tough. Any midweek games for us are tough because of the lack of depth. But yeah. it's a different ball game now. We're throwing a, we're throwing a weekend starter for us. Not going to get to throw Vitz because he threw on Sunday, but we'll throw our number two, Caleb you know, Granger, and he's he's a capable pitcher. We've got a lot of confidence coming off the SWAC tournament. I tell you, the pressure's not on us. We're just going to go in and have fun and play baseball. The pressure's on Florida because they're picked to win. They're the number two national seed. Um, mm-hmm. And they, you know, they have to win in their minds. You know, I, I've been on that side before. I know what it's like when you're in a, a regional tournament and you're expected to win. There's a whole lot more pressure than the expectations for a team that just won the SWAC. There's not any. So there is for us. We're very confident coming in. I don't know what the game's going to look like. I, I enjoyed watching the SWAC tournament. I enjoyed watching our kids compete their butts off to win it. And I'm going to enjoy watching our kids play this weekend, regardless of what happens. Uh, but it's baseball, man. Anything can happen. Strange. I mean, we beat them in 2014. They were six in the country at that time. And we weren't anywhere near as good as we were this year. So who knows? Baseball is such a strange game. Uh, you never know. We're going to go out and play for 27 outs and see what happens. Thank you, Coach. Hey, Coach, I'm I'm fascinated as someone who I dabble my – I spent 20 years coaching basketball, but I'm fascinated at baseball managers, baseball coaches, and the decisions that you guys have to make. And they seem to – like, <laughs> they, they, they're so long. Like, you, you, you probably chew on them – for long periods of time, like somebody in the chat room asked about decision to let Raylan Wagner go 8.1. I'm just thinking which decision or decisions, maybe give me one, because we could be here all day if we talk I about it. I will tell you, 
what I lost the most. I didn't sleep after the Thursday night loss, uh, the four inning, five inning runs that we gave up, five runs we gave up in the bottom of the night. And I, all night long, I twisted and turned thinking about why did I not call, tell Zach to throw a curveball? Why did I call a fastball instead of a curveball that ended up being the hit that won the game? Uh, mm. And I'm sure there were a lot of, let me use the word fan, but I think sometimes <laughs> with fans, uh, because I don't care what critics say. I love to hear what the fans say, but the critics pull against us. I don't care what anybody says. I don't do social media. I hear what people say. I could care less, man. I don't do social media at all. That's not a fan. That's a critic. I'm sure I was criticized a lot for that. Um, and I'm in Todd's ear who's calling the pitches, and I suggest a lot of pitchers. And that was, that was when I told him, throw a, throw a fastball here. Uh, and the guy hit it and ended up being a double or a triple and scoring the tying run or winning run. And I didn't get much sleep over that. So, yes, there are things. One call can make the difference in a ball game. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not a fun. It's not fun when things don't go your way. Um, you lose sleep. I don't. I don't need somebody to criticize me to lose sleep on, you know, what we do. It's. I take it very personal, for one specific reason. And that's these young men hurt worse than I do, when sure. we get off. Seniors are. This is their last time playing. I got another year, hopefully, coming back to FAMU. You know, these guys are done with their career. Most of them done with their career in baseball. So, uh, it's tough. I mean, you, you know, sometimes the game hangs on one call or one pitch or one decision. One pitching change, one pitch hit, one base running mistake. It's just, it's it's a tough way to make a living. Sometimes it's fun. Uh, you get to be in the involved in the lives of eighteen and twenty two year old kids. Uh, you get to help mold their future, dust the future of the country. I feel like, and mm-hmm. you know, I don't think that's overstated. Sometimes what coaches do for for society, but um, I'm proud of my guys, man. It was it was so much fun to have things work out to uh, see our guys battle through adversity. And again, there's no pressure on us. We're going to go play baseball, man. Um, And whatever happens, happens. We're going to get a SWAC championship ring. um, And we, you know, regardless of what we do in this tournament, but I will be very surprised if we don't play well in this tournament. I don't know what that means in terms of run scored or final outcome of games, but I'd be very surprised if we don't play well this week. So give me a, on the flip side of that, give me a decision where you and your assistant coaches looked at each other and just kind of gave a wink or a little fist bump. And were like, yeah, that was a good call. That was a pretty good, that was a pretty good play. I think recruiting has a lot to do that. When, uh, when we made the decision to bring Sebastian Greco in or, or go to Norfolk state and get Ty Hanchy or, uh, <laughs> get Hunter Vinch from D- uh, division two baseball or getting Jan Michael Bastardo from Alabama. Uh, those decisions that, really affects you based on recruiting. Recruiting still matters. Um, you know, it's it's the lifeblood of your program. Good recruiting makes coaches look good. Bad recruiting makes good coaches look bad. So, I mean, it's all about it. Coach Pillow will tell you that just on. Um, it's, the, it's the key to our success as coaches. You got to recruit, and those are decisions that were made a long time ago that, that show up in SWAC championships. As our, as our, hey Calvin, as our good friend would say, you went out and you went out, you went out and bought some good groceries, coach. You went out and bought some good <laughs> groceries, cooked a good meal, and it, and it turned out to be a championship. So, some kind of fun. I mean, it was, it was, it was fun for our young men and something they'll remember the rest of their life. So, I'm very happy for them, and we're not done yet, hopefully. 
Kelvin, give you last question here with Coach. Speaking of recruiting, Coach, I know we, you know, now that you got your your third ring now, uh, you can you can walk with your chest out a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? I know you're a humble guy. I know you're not gonna do that. So I'm speaking before I'm speaking for me for you. <laughs> but uh. Get, hey, get, 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 get your get your facilities, Coach. Get get your facilities. You know you you got to write that. You got to write the the be a little vocal about that right now. Yeah. Um, and we and we with you uh, yeah. on that. I was gonna say there. I think there were a lot of family and folks out after it didn't hurt that we won it beating Bethune Cookman. Uh, right. <laughs> I will say this too: the rivalries are in the state on the field. Scotty Hernandez is a great guy, man. Great. His, yeah. his guys are class acts. And I know some fans may not want to hear that, but rivalries happen in the stands. They don't yeah. happen from the dugouts or from the, the football, the gridiron or the football field. Agreed. Uh, it, but it did make it fun beating Bethune. And if they would have won, they would have said the same thing, I'm sure. Uh, hats off to, to Jose Vasquez, you know, being the def- defending SWAC champions. They were a very good ball club. They went 26-4 and four in the regular season. Beat us yep. five and six times. Beat us in the – demoralized our ball club. And yet we were able to come back and beat them twice and then Bethune in the, in the championship. So, yeah, I hope facilities are on the table. We need that uh, for our program. Um, you know, but that's – today's not the time to, to worry about that. Today's the time to – Enjoy a SWAC championship and get ready for postseason baseball in the NCAA regional tournament. Something that's only happened in three three years in the history of the program. That's a celebration. So that's what we're that's what this is about today. Um, I hope something will be done with the facilities. If if it is, that would be great. If it doesn't, we're still going to keep working and try to you know try to win championships. That's you know our kids are champions, man. You again, you've heard me say this too before, Kelvin. Uh, by the way, I miss Kofi on this thing as well. Um, yeah. It just, it just hit me that he's usually on there with a smiling face. Um, we had a three, four point, sorry, 3.2 team GPA with 40 guys in the fall. With 35 guys in the spring, we led the athletic department with a 3.44 GPA. So these guys aren't just champions on the baseball field. They're champions in the class as well. Um, I know Mike Rice doesn't like to hear that with a golf pro because we always battle. <laughs> it's true, Mike. You, have, you got to live with it for at least another semester. There, there you go, Coach. Uh, let me, hey, Brian, let me get this in right quick. Coach, and looking at the Gainesville region with Texas Tech and Connecticut there along with us, am I crazy to think that this may be the most difficult or challenging uh, region out there? So Sully and I, the coach at Florida, Kevin O'Sullivan, Sully and I are good friends. And I asked him, who do you piss off in the committee? Because <laughs> and he admitted it. That's a tough – Texas Tech is one of the blue buds of college baseball. Uh, right. UConn, people think of UConn as a basketball school. UConn is where a lot of big leaguers have gone and played their college game. If I'm not mistaken, they're the number two seed in this region. Maybe mistaken there, but they're good enough yeah. to be uh, – What's the center fielder used to be for the Astros? Uh, anyway, there's plenty of guys in the big leagues that played at University of Connecticut. So it's a good regional, man. Ours, and there's one other that's very, very tough as well. Right, uh, right. So, I, yeah, I mean, that's – FAMU baseball has never won a regional baseball game. Yeah. It don't I'm calling who. it now. I'm yeah. calling it now. Call it's it. our turn. Call it. I, it's I, our I, turn. I, you didn't I, say it. I said it. Call it. <laughs> 
please. But, uh, I, you know, it's a three. Um, so we're going to go out and, again, yeah. no pressure on us. We, we're, nobody expects us to win in the national, you know, spotlight. So, yeah. you know, I, I took the job, what, nine years, 10, ten years ago, nine seasons ago with COVID. And to shock the world. I mean, now's a good time to do it. So I told the guys today, you know, I told them that years ago, we we're going to shock the world. So everybody needs to bring their extension cord. Let's go this weekend. There you go. Uh, uh, Gainesville Regional 530 is the first pitch scheduled Friday. Uh, Rattler Nation, plenty of tickets still available. Uh, get up to Gainesville. I, I didn't know that. There are plenty of tickets available still. I, I like to say that. I like to believe so. I like to. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not. I mean, Florida's a, they're the number two national seed. So I thought that place, I told my guys, it's probably going to be sold out. So get ready for a, a, an environment that you like any you've played in so far. So I hope it is. I, again, I think that puts more pressure on Florida. I hope that place is sold out to the top. Every seat's taken and people are going crazy because I don't, that ain't going to put pressure on our guys. Hell, we just, heck, we just came back, excuse me. We just came back from <laughs> from getting our butts kicked with a four run night to win four ball games to win the swag team. I got that's right. Good. Yeah, what that's right. What what pressure? No pressure. Uh, so hey, real quick before you go, what's your schedule? What do you guys do tomorrow over at the ballpark? Uh, do yeah. you guys, I mean, any any what's the schedule? Just let people know behind the scenes. What do you guys do over the next thirty six hours? Yeah, we don't have anything till after breakfast. I mean, after lunch tomorrow. We leave here. The bus rolls about 1.45 tomorrow, 2 o'clock to 2.30. They test our bats. It's an NCAA rule. They have to test the bats, really specifically every bat. Uh, hopefully, uh, Easton has sent us some new bats. One thing about our offense was so prolific this year. We went from uh, Rawlings to Easton bats, and I think that really helped our hitters uh, mm -hmm. set home run records left and right, uh, not only individual but career, uh, our team and individual home run records. Uh, and then we practice from 2.30 to 3.45, and then we have a 4 o'clock organizational meeting with all the teams in, in the in the tournament. So then we come out, get our rest, get dinner, get our rest, and be ready to go at 5.30 the next day. All right. Hey, anyone listening from Easton, we need to put this whole team on NIL. This is a great opportunity, Easton. Uh, you upgraded a team, and look what they did. That's an NIL story right there, Coach. I'm just going to put the plug out there. We're, Somebody from We're so far removed from NIL, NIL I don't even know how to spell it. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right hey coach uh good luck to you guys we will see you in gainesville look forward to seeing you hopefully we get to see good rattler nation out there um for the weekend uh should be fun to watch more baseball congratulations to you three-time conference champion two-time three, three i said three-time conference three-time three time, two in the miac one in the swag and now famu baseball is one of a few we've counted two other schools that have won a conference championship on three different conferences, the SIC, MEAC, SWAC. There are two other schools that we have counted within college baseball that have done that. So we are standing, you know, 23rd, I, I believe it's the 23rd conference title in the program, but we are standing um, with giants. So you're a part of that coach. Thank you. Congratulations to you, the staff, the players. Great guys, man. Enjoyed, you know, just seeing the energy from those guys on the field. Um, can't wait to see it this weekend, Coach. Thank you for your time as always. Yeah, thank you guys for this program and for all you do for uh, family athletics. Uh, I'm blessed to be
So I appreciate it. All right. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, Coach Jamie Shoup, make sure you guys get out and support. Thank you for your time tonight, Coach. Thank, Thank you, you. All right. Hey, uh, let's take a short little two-minute break, come back, and uh, we will get ready to close the show with a lot of news and notes. A lot of stuff is happening uh, around FAMU athletics at the end of the the end of the 23 year, man. I mean, you know, no, no time for the weird. Hey, that's a nice hat. Uh, you know, I don't know where you got that hat. Can a brother get a, an official baseball hat? You know, I got to put in, and I got to know somebody. I got to know I'm somebody. I'm still looking for that. Still looking for that green, green uh, family hat with the um, Braves logo on it. But it sounds I like saw several people rocking that hat this weekend. I should have asked them for you. VP80 uh, Sykes said that the Atlanta um, alumni chapter gave it once. So I don't know if they, Made him just for the uh, gar. Josh Padilla, he, he was rocking one. I thought I got to talk to Josh. Josh was rocking one uh, on one of those days. I saw him. I think it was Saturday. So uh, we'll have to reach out to Josh or somebody in the ATL chapter. You know, gotta hook my Marcus up. Hook, hook my guy up. Decatur G, Decatur underscore G on Twitter is where you can find him. All right. Hey, let's take that quick break. Come back and uh, get back into the rest of the. Uh, the Rattler Roundup, as we like to call it, right here on the ONG Strike Zone. Hit the thumbs up button, the like button, wherever you are. Uh, we'll be back in just a moment. I have in me the ability to make you a better you. So if you work hard, focus, stay on point, you can do anything. Trust me. We made this track. Let's tell everybody they can follow their dreams. The human voice has always connected audiences with experiences. Major brands all across America have trusted Kevers Voice time and time again. Conversational, powerhouse, intelligent, and sincere. That's the voice you need for your creative marketing process. K-E-A-V-E-R-S-V-O-I-C-E dot com. Kevers Voice, Kevers Voice, Kevers Voice dot com. Always on, all the time. When we invest in ourselves, our glow, our vision, our vibe, we all shine. Together, we are black beyond measure. Remember the revival? Relive the remix. Reunite for the Orange Blossom Classic. HBCU reunion experience. It's year three, baby, and we back with that fire. Calling all HBCU fans. Labor Day weekend. The I Love. Jackson State University takes on the venomous Florida AM University. Tickets are on sale now. Watch the game in premium style seating or watch it from a luxury suite. And of course, you know the halftime show. It's going to be epic right here in the 305. The sonic boom of the South and the illustrious Marching 100. Who you rocking with? The 2023 Orange Blossom Classic. Don't miss the HBCU reunion experience. Labor Day weekend, Miami Gardens, Florida, Hard Rock Stadium. Trust me, we'll see you there. Oh, oh, oh. Check out OrangeBlossomClassic.com for tickets and info. All right, welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian, Kelvin, Marcus, 
here. Um, appreciate uh, Coach Shoop. And then previously before him, at the bottom of hour one, uh, Coach Pillow for joining us. Um, uh, appreciate Coach Shoop for thinking of Kofi and, and you know, mm-hmm. and, and our show. <clears throat> I saw, I don't know if it was uh, Scotty or somebody else put out the tweet about the angels in the outfield. You remember the old movie, Angels in the mm-hmm. Outfield? Yeah, and, yeah. Um, I, I thought of I thought of Kofi while I was out there, and I was like, I think somebody had asked me, and I I was like, yeah, I know my guy would have. <clears throat> he probably would have if he wasn't at the game. He would have been there, probably right there behind on the dugout in in those seats behind the dugout. Uh, rooting this team on, and uh, but but he had a good view. He had a good view mm-hmm. of watching his team win a championship, and I know he was a big fan of Coach Shoop, uh, a big fan of this program, and I always I always loved the way <laughs> he would ask Coach about uh, about his wish list. Coach, if I had a million dollars or or something, you know, and I could give you anything, you know, what would you? <laughs> what would you do with it? You know, would you? So, um, yeah, so that, that was good stuff. Um, all right. Um, did we, what else did, what else did, uh, did is there anything? Uh, okay. So I mentioned, I know there was, I, I wanted to kind of just kind of put a, um, a close to just talking baseball. We mentioned some of the the hitting home run records, of course. Uh, that is significant, though. I y'all thought I was just joking about the whole Easton nil thing, but that's a look. If, if somebody an opportunity, from, no, no joke at all. Opportunity. I was thinking I the same know. thing. I just didn't. But yeah, I mean, at least sponsorship or something. I would love someone from our athletics department to reach out to Easton and say, "Hey, you know, is this an opportunity that you guys might be interested in?" Um, Here's a team that set all kinds of program records, switching from another competitor to to your bats, and look mm-hmm. what we did. You know what I'm saying? That that's that's pretty impressive. If that if that doesn't sell a product, <laughs> I don't know what does. Uh, so, um, you know, anyone who knows Easton, or I'm sure we got a contact or somebody, but but Easton needs to jump on that. The three-time conference champions list. That was so. I'm going to give a big shout out to. Um, uh, I want to make sure where where did I see it first? Was it Rick? Um, Rattler yeah, Rick. It was Rick on, yeah, he he first tweeted this out, and I gotta. God bless it. Where is it at? There's so much news that's been going on. I gotta go back and find it. Um. Okay, so give me a second. Give me a second. I'm finding it here. I'm, I'm going to come to Keith's thing in a second. Keith also had one interesting thing here. Um, okay, so he had tweeted out that, you know, is FAMU the first school to win a conference championship in three 
three uh, three different conferences. And so the answer, quite frankly, okay, here we go. No. I think I found it. The answer is no. Okay, the no. Okay, so here it is. The, the original question by Rick, uh, is FAMU the only university on any level to win a baseball championship in three different conferences, MEAC, SIC, and SWAT? And uh, I love the fact that he always says, I got what I, I got to, I got to, I got to talk to, you know, we talk about bringing on alums and people like that. We got to, I got to find out what Rick job was previously. Cause he all, he must have an archive <laughs> that know. is, I mean, man, he, he pulls up these great photos um, that you're just like, yo, work for the. Rick, 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 Rick is retired. So he got time. Yeah, <laughs> always he, he he's tweeting photos from way back in the day, and just if you look at the like like the baseball field, you're like, wait a minute, there's the okay, so the baseball field looks like it used to be where the current baseball practice or football fields or uh, where the Lawson used to be. You know what I'm saying? When you just kind of look at some of these old photos, but anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. Um, so the first person to respond, the guys at Penalty Talk, uh, they did a little digging. And at first they came up with South Florida, who won the American in 2021, the Metro Conference. Remember the old Metro Conference that used mm-hmm. to have? Florida State and Louisville used to be in there. Yeah, Memphis. Yeah, yeah. so South Florida won that in 1995. And then prior to that, South Florida – won the Sun Belt in 1990, okay? Um, then uh, Dr. Cavill <coughs> found another school, uh, TCU. TCU. Yep. They won Conference USA, 0405. MWC, what is that? The Midwest? What is that? Mountain the Mountain West? West? Yeah, the, yeah, Mountain West. I think the Mountain West. Yeah, I think Mountain was, West, I think. Yeah, I think that's the conference they were in proceeding going to the Big 12. Okay, so they kept their winning, and they won in 06, 07, 08, and 2010. Then they transferred to the Big 12 and won in 2014, 16, 21, and this year. <clears throat> so and, and if you count FAMU – uh, that is three schools. Now, you, we could get into semantics about the SIC and what was their official designation back in the 50s and 60s <clears throat> in terms of being a um, Division II or Div- Division One. Like, Division Two didn't come around until the 70s, if I'm not mistaken, right? <clears throat> so if that's the case, then the SIC was still considered – "Quote unquote Division One." Uh, I, no, I, I could no. be wrong. No, I'm wrong on this. Yeah, they had. Well, I have to look that in up. The early '70s, they had what they called the college division and the university division. They went to the Division One, Two, and Three format in the early '70s. Okay. So we were still okay. like there was university division, which was which would be analogous, I believe, to the FBS now, and college division was like everybody else. So Georgia you. Southern, us. Were they still NCAA? Was it SIC NCAA back then? 
I'm not sure. It may have been okay. NAIA because I remember in reading Dr. White's book that in the 60s that FAMU was, well, the NAIA playoffs were held in St. Petersburg and they had a segregation policy so FAMU didn't get invited despite having good teams. And I think even further back, Tennessee State won a couple of NAIA basketball championships. So I'm not sure how all that worked out from back then. Okay. Uh, AD sent me a text and said the SIC was NAIA in the 50s and 60s. So, you know, but but just in terms of among now among HBCU schools, we we stand alone. I don't I don't think um, again, we have not. No one else has turned over the leaf and said that other HBCUs have won three titles. Um, All right. Any other baseball notes or stats or historical things that you guys came across before we kind of transition over to another or other topics? Anything else baseball related? Yes. I I just want to make one observation about the tournament coming up. We are in the toughest or the second toughest regional uh, that's out there as coach uh, communicated. But we are an interesting team. We can hit the ball. We have pretty solid defense. So if we can get pitching and then we don't, you know, we don't get into our bullpen early. Um, we have a chance when we, when, when many people would say we shouldn't have a chance. I'm really interested to see how this thing played. We played Auburn, Coach Mid in midweek also. Well, we didn't pitch any of our normal starters and and, and bullpen folks. Uh, I've always told y'all about his philosophy, right? Mm-hmm. And um, we put up eight runs on them also, and th- these were seven inning games. Right. So, so we averaging close to double digit runs. And we're not even playing our, our, our normal rotation and starters. So, so I'm it's okay. It doesn't taste for us. All the metrics say we 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 with a bunch of big dogs. And so, I think the anticipation is that you know it's going to be a, a ten run rule. It could be, but I'm willing to bet we're going to give teams. A run for their money. I, I really do. I, I, I like this team. I like the mindset of this team. And, um, I, you know, we've hit all year. So if we stay true to what we've been all year, uh, we're going we're gonna to put some pressure on some teams. And I would love to see that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, that's it. All right. Um, I like uh, Jeremiah Clark's here. Thoughts at FAMU. Uh, can stay away from you have having multiple big innings, i.e. three or more. We got a chance to win. I, you know, I haven't followed UF very well, but I'll take your very word good team. They very good well, team. just 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 to tell you, they he told you number two in the, in you know their record and everything. But just to give you an idea of the daunting task, uh, they have I think three major league pro- baseball prospect who can be who can be potential first round picks. Um, they like got a hundred and some home runs. They got a they yep. got a guy who suck. They got a guy who's sucking home runs who who has like twenty eight home runs. They average over three fourteen three twenty somewhere as a team. So they are 
they are an offensive team, and, and and they have a lot of pitchers. So I mean, I mean, they number two for a reason. It's a daunting I, task. I I get all that. That sounds all great, but you know, baseball. <laughs> when you say all that, I'm a, I'm gonna be that guy. It ain't, it ain't no bust with that. No, <laughs> that's what it is. is. Okay, well, look, okay, that is <laughs> those are numbers. But but, but I, I will say this: the sport of baseball. When you talk about first round draft picks, it. The fact that we've seen guys come and be stars and successful in Major League Baseball from all over the rounds, being a first-round draft pick prospect, yeah, doesn't, to me, doesn't sound as heavy a thing as maybe a first-round draft pick in the NFL or a first-round draft pick in the NBA. Of the three sports, I would say, it's the least, and I, I again, I'm not diminishing, but I'm just saying, yeah, yeah. it's you know, what I'm but, saying? but but I mean, but it, yes, you are. You, you're trying to diminish. I, I I I tend to, you know, baseball has a lot of rounds, a lot more teams. So so should be on the so, radar. Of so it dilutes. It, it, yeah, ba- baseball dilutes, and they draft dilutes. You know their numbers because they they have so many of them. But uh, the point the point is that you know we're playing the number two team. Their stats say they're the number two teams. With that being said, we played them at home. We beat them on that. Well, you know they redid they feel now, but but we beat them there. So so we like coach say no pressure. They're gonna have fun, enjoy it, and I'm gonna be I'm a, and we're gonna enjoy it. Me and Brian, uh, watching them and rooting them on. There you go, and and AD will be there as well. Uh, there may even be. I, I tease this, and maybe I shouldn't. I'm going to tease it. I, ooh, I was about to say something real appropriate. But um, we might be doing a little, and I say a little, we might be doing some play-by-play broadcasting of audio only of the game Friday, and we'll just say this weekend. And A.D. Drew myself, even Kelvin Rozier. We may be doing some play-by-play broadcasting of this via the Black College Sports Network. So I, I, I just tease this. We got to say a lot of things still have to go right over the next 36 hours, but that's you may hear our voices uh, along with watching the live stats on the Black College Sports Network. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll obviously send out the uh, – the appropriate promotional material. So make sure you're following the ONG on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ONG Strike Zone. Also follow the Black College Sports Network at MyBCSN1, the number one. Um, Championships, as the season comes to an end, I think Alabama State won the SWACs. Men and women. Men and women. Uh, But it should be noted and if I did read correctly in the press memo that Alabama State won six, uh, no, eight, eight championships uh, in, in their in their program. Fam, you won five. Now, you know, we're counting, this is, I'm, again, this is thanks to uh, Keith, uh, Fangs Up Podcast, fifth quarter, uh, FAMU, at FQ, FAMU. He posted that, Five championships, team championships, uh, regular season and conference. 
You know, we had the double from volleyball. We had the double from tennis. And then we had the conference tournament from baseball. Uh, that's a pretty good, pretty good year. This might have, is this the, this might be the best year. It's definitely our, in year two of the SWAC. It's the best, oh no, no. Kelvin's shaking his head. I was going to say best year since best when? Best year when? Well, I don't know. You tell me. Since when? Well, no, man. Those, those 90s, man. We were oh, winning yeah, everything in the MEAC. Yeah, Tennis. I forgot. Volleyball. Uh, softball. Football. Baseball in the early 90s. Yeah, yeah. That's track. Men, men and goal. women's track. That's what we're trying oh, yeah, to get back yeah, to. Yeah. That's, I what used. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what we're trying to get back to. So those were the golden era years of FAMU athletics. And uh, <laughs> we're trying to, uh, to get back that. I'm, I'm looking at the total team standings right now. Alabama State did finish first. They And they finished by, it looks like, a point and a half over Jackson State. Uh, Prairie View came in third, you know, it kind of gets, you know, 30 points away from here. Prairie View finished third, Southern fourth, Texas Southern fifth, Grambling sixth, and then we tied with Alcorn State for seventh. We did finish ahead of Bethune-Cookman. So, uh, but that's pretty good. But um, again, I think Alabama State, you know, the sports where they got us, I think they they won a, they won a men's tennis title uh, track. and they win a tra- track and field indoor, indoor outdoor yeah but, you know they didn't win any of the big three baseball regular baseball three. regular baseball regular season uh baseball regular season yeah yeah but the big the big three you know you know and, and if you want to include women well let's just say the big five here's the big five in my opinion you guys tell me if I'm wrong I I consider football volleyball Men and women's basketball, baseball—that's your big five. And if you want to say big six, would you say track or softball? I'd probably say softball. Mm. Any thoughts on that? It, it, it's not—it's really—it's really a big three. I—I I, I separate them by revenue generating and non-revenue generating. So, oh, there you go. One, okay. Men, men, men and women basketball, football, and potentially baseball uh, are are you know that that four, right? And so okay. for me, that's it. Okay. Um, let me pivot. I just seen this come across on the chat, so I got to make sure to bring this up. Um, shout out to Destiny Cuevas, Michaela Irvis, Janaea Mobley, and Naya Morgan, who will be representing FAMU in the Minority Softball Prospects 2023 HBCU All-Star Game on Friday. Uh, that's upcoming. Uh, so that is a big time event. Had a chance to run into Naya and Janaea at the conclusion of, uh, Sunday's games. And so, you know, we can obviously Corinthian had a chance. Obviously, that's uh, Naya's dad. Um, you know, she she confirmed, you know, obviously the uh, well, 
we we knew we already knew what I it's funny because I mentioned it to her and I was like, Oh yeah, I already knew you were coming back. Your dad had already said you were coming back on the chat. <laughs> <laughs> but so yeah, I ran into her. Um Janaea, obviously, she does not have any more eligibility, but she's planning on being a she's she's looking to be a grad assistant. So there's a she uh she she will have an opportunity to be a grad assistant with the program. So she will still be around. Um and uh, so it was a pleasure to finally meet Naya. And um, I'm excited that, uh, yeah, she, she, we were talking about catching every game, caught every game this past year. Hopefully, and like I said, there's, we, we already know there's some recruits coming in. And uh, hopefully she'll get a chance to uh, play a little third base. I think third base was her other position, if I recall. Um, yeah, so... Uh, yeah, so that was very cool meeting those two young ladies. And it was really cool just seeing, again, seeing people come up from Tallahassee to go to the baseball park um, up in Atlanta. That was a, that was awesome. All right. Let's transition to football. A couple of football news items. I know you guys are itching to kind of talk on that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, first thing that came out, Athlon Sports, preseason All-American, only really had two – HBCU players on that list. Trey Wilhoit is one of them. Uh, he is a preseason All-American. Um, obviously a punter who had a good year at where was Trey's previous year, Marcus? Eastern? Um, Eastern Illinois. Yeah, he was he already a, Illinois. Yeah, he was already a well-recognized and respected punter uh, there. So he comes over with the preseason accolades. And I think the other HBCU player was uh, the DB from North Carolina Central. Mm. Um, So, you know, again, props. uh, Congratulations, Trey. Then we come to find out, and Marcus, you had kind of Kind of touched on this, thanks to some people in the pit. A big news announcement came out at noon. And it looks like our star defensive end is coming back for another season or two. Um, as, uh, uh, yes, indeed, Kamari Stevens, the All-American defensive lineman who, uh, you know, dipped his toe in the portal. Uh, decided to to come back. Um, what do you? It obviously, I haven't had a chance. To, uh, Vaughn Wilson just did a a video interview. So if you guys want to check out HBCU Game Day, Vaughn got the exclusive with Kamari. I didn't get a chance to listen to it. Did you guys get a chance to listen to it? Anything you gleaned from that? Go ahead. What's your, what's your, give us, yeah. some, give us a recap of that, Kelvin. Yes. Recap that. Yeah. Yeah. I was able to listen to it and, um, I was really impressed with Kamari's, uh, articulation of everything, right? I thought he was real, um, seasoned and experienced in how he handled that. Um, he talked about, he really talked about the team, returning to the team, how good of a team the team is going to be how Coach uh, Patterson, who's a D-line coach, and Coach Simmons believed in him and 
kind of help him to become the player that he was. They had talked to him, put him aside. I think he said in 2021, uh, 2020 and 2021, and say, hey, if you follow the blueprint, this could happen. And then he was like, you know, and it happened. Him and he believed in them. He was like, you know, and and Vaughn even tried to get him to talk about, you know, being wanted and sought after by bigger schools and so forth. And he pretty much was like, because he took the visit to UCF. And, uh, of course, on the video, he even had a little Nike UCF yeah. sweatshirt on, which, which, which was cute. But but uh, but, what, what he, but, but what he said was he kind of took that question and was like, no, you know, it's all about the team. It ain't about my success, about putting the work. And then he mentioned about Marquise and Zay and Xavier Land, Xavier Smith. And how they stayed and and they went through the program. We got all these guys in the pros. And he said, if he do the same, put in that same work, he'll be the next guy in line to to do that. So um, this really solidifies our defense. Uh, if, if we when we talked about the spring game and we talked about how dominant both defenses were, uh, you remember Gentle Hunt didn't even play that game along with some other guys. So um, I am anticipating. As um, long as we don't have any injuries, this is going to probably be the best defense we've had, and we've had some darn good ones lately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would echo uh, Kevin. I did get a chance to see it right before the show came on tonight, and I would echo what Kevin said. Kelvin said, and also it sounded very similar to what Isaiah Land said last year as it relates to, yeah, I checked some things out, but. The people here at FAMU invested in me, and I wanted to be loyal. At least that's what I took from him. He didn't use those words, but the loyalty and the camaraderie that he felt with the coaching staff and the fact that they did pull him aside before last year, I guess in two seasons prior, and said, just trust the process, and these things will happen, and everything lined up. Everything happened as the coaches told him. So he really expressed a degree of loyalty, commitment, and love for Coach Simmons and for Coach Patterson. I um, who is it that we had on? And I'm trying to recall that talked about. Oh no no no! It was uh, Coach Quinn, Coach Quinn, uh, Coach Gray was talking about this, where guys may go into the portal, but when you go into the portal, you're 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 de one or dl one at FAMU. You going into the portal, being a power five school, you're all of a sudden, and he he I'm paraphrasing what he said, but you may go in, you're the you're third string, maybe second. You're kind of filling a need. I mean, sure, you could work your way into becoming that guy, but you know, maybe he got out there and the reality check was, you know, why go be the third string guy at UCF when I'm the guy at FAMU on the end. And so uh, I'd like to know who is, because see, I think part of, part of the truth that we have to tell guys is the truth and reality about the NFL draft. And we can no longer sell guys on, Hey, if you come to FAMU, you'll be drafted. Unfortunately, you may be drafted, but 
there are more there are more reasons why they aren't drafting our guys that have nothing to do with us. You follow me? It has nothing to do with the player. It has nothing to do with the program. It's more about them and what their preferences are, right? So we have to be honest with kids about that. And I hope we were being honest with him and saying, hey, you're going to get a shot if you do X, Y, and Z. But as you've seen from the last two years, and guys who are definitely worthy, they didn't get drafted. But that doesn't mean their dream ended. Well, well, I mean, that's what he articulated. He, he articulated, so. you know, that the three guys before him, uh, they in the league, living out their dream at the end of the day. It might have took a different route than what they wanted it to do. But at the end of the day, they in the league. They're getting, they getting paid. They're they making rosters. So, uh, so um, you know, he, he was honest with it. And I don't think it had so much to do with competing and trying to uh, win a starting position at other schools. He had other power five offers legitimately. If you look at some of the guys, like the guys who left Jackson state and some other HBCUs, uh, no, A&T, those guys went to power five schools. Uh, they just made that decision. Now they ain't guaranteed to start, but, but you know, they have scholarships at power five schools. So I'm sure his metrics meet all the things they're looking for. And he has two years of eligibility. So I, I'm sure he had a full scholarship to uh, the seven, eight schools that reached out to him. But at the end of the day, like you say, it's great to be a rattler. Uh, he know what he has here. He knows what's in front of him, and and um, he he's he's low and committed to what's what's here. So uh, you know, I respect that. All right. Um, the other, the third big nugget of news related to FAMU football today was the announcement that came out as ESPN released their schedule for the opening couple of weekends of the college football season. And what we found out is that the Orange Blossom Classic featuring FAMU and Jackson State. ESPN, baby. Yes, will be featured on the Prime Network, Prime Channel. The mothership. ESPN, the mothership. No numbers or anything else or letters after it. (laughs) Just the main four letters at 3 p.m. Eastern time. And that is huge. Last year it was on ESPN2, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we remember Coach Prime had, you know, he was like, why isn't it on ESPN? Blah, blah, blah. Well, hey, this year it's on ESPN, which is huge. And, and this, they realize that mm-hmm. Deion Sanders is not at Jackson State. They understand that. <laughs> they know exactly where he is. So the fact that this game is a 3 p.m. game is huge in so many ways. This is the exposure game that we talked about, right? And this isn't us playing the University of Miami. This right. isn't which which doesn't get on ESPN. This isn't us playing South Florida, which doesn't get on ESPN. This is an HBCU playing another HBCU on ESPN. Thoughts, gentlemen. Wonderful. And I know we're one of three HBCU matchups that weekend, but arguably, well, I guess you could say that the Jackson, no, actually, that's the previous weekend, the Jackson State, that MEAC SWAC challenge. The previous Is that weekend. on ESPN? That's on ESPN? It's on ABC. ABC. It's going to be on ABC, okay, okay. ABC primetime for Saturday before wow. Labor Day. 
Wow. So okay. We have that, and I think the Red Tail Classic. I think I Tuskegee. just saw that announced. Yeah. yeah, Tuskegee, and I forgot who they're playing. I don't know if it's Valley or, or something. Valley else. State. Usually, it's Fort Valley State. They're playing that. At, I believe it's seven p.m., but I'm not sure which channel is coming on. I don't know if it's. It's on ESPNU. But yeah, the headliner, of course, for us is Rattlers, and just the last two years is, and for us uh, being the game, being the Orange Blossom Classic, and so you know, got to give kudos to the Orange Blossom Classic Committee and the negotiations yeah. they were able to able to do, but also the efforts by the two teams to get on on national TV just ahead of Florida State LSU. Florida State LSU. I'm assuming that's coming on the ABC. ABC. Yeah, so, but still, I mean, we more or less have an exclusive window on the Mothership channel on yes. Sunday on a on a labored a holiday weekend. Holiday weekend, yeah. yes, indeed, yes, Big. indeed. Uh, that is huge. Um, now I had to do a little digging because I was like, you know, we've been we we flirted around with other ESPN networks, right? ESPN two, ESPN U, ESPN Classic, but this. And I had to go. I had to go to the SID. I had to go to other people. Um, so Josh Padilla sent me uh, a reply back to my text because I asked. I said, "How many other times, or how many other teams, has FAMU played on ESPN, the main four? Heritage Bowl, right? Right. Well, that was Southern. one. Yes, mm-hmm. ninety-five. Heritage Bowl against Southern University. Good call, Kelvin. Uh, you must have been on the group thread, or you already knew this. One of the two. Um, uh, I'm <laughs> Yeah, I remember watching that. I do too. I do too. We were, we were. I was still in school. I mean, you know, y'all were probably still too. I think maybe just out. I don't know. No. Anyway, I remember it though. It was in the. Uh, that was a big game. Uh, Heritage Bowl '95. I think we lost. Did we lose that game? I think we lost yeah, that. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we lost that game. Um, but now, technically, ESPN wasn't around. <laughs> but I would say 1979, when we played the University of Miami, that was on ABC. Mm, okay, I, I that's one of the regional ESPN, games. Yeah, I, I yeah, don't that was think that a big lawsuit. Yeah, I don't think that was on necessarily ESPN because ESPN didn't really. Sh- uh, no, they came going. about around that time. No, they like didn't. Year. They didn't officially launch to like 80. 80, 80. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So this is. They were created in 79. Yeah. So like if you if you consider the the 79 Miami game, and then of course you had the Heritage Bowl, this is the just the third time that FAMU has appeared on either ABC or what is considered the main sports channel for ESPN ABC. No, it's more than that, Then, If you go back to those seven, eight teams, uh, the National Championship game was on ABC. The Jackson State game was on ABC because, because you didn't have cable network the way it is now back then. So FAMU, you okay. would, some of those games were on regional ABC t- uh, TV. Okay, so then let's say it this way. This is a better way of saying it then. This is the second time on ESPN cable or in the in the modern cable era as we know it, the ta- the television cable era as we know it, this is just the second time that FAMU has appeared on ESPN. Correct. Sound right? Yeah. So Sound good. that's huge. That's huge, man. And uh, shout out to uh, – 
to uh, uh, Miss Kendra Bullock and the OBC uh, because I don't think that from the from the text communication that I was having with somebody, I don't I don't quite think they knew that that was going to happen. They were they were probably thinking ESPN two. So for them to get the ESPN game is big. And mm-hmm. I will just I, I will add on and say, why would you leave this? That's all. I'm not gonna say any more. What else are we gonna talk about? <laughs> eh, well, it's only for two years. What's well, so, on? Oh, okay, I'm, hey, I'm just saying. Maybe. Uh, are we gonna be there next year, Marcus? Is we gonna get down in the weeds? Are we gonna be there next year? Well, I mean, not for the next two years. Twenty-four okay. and twenty-five. All right. I just don't want that exposure and that money to go to any other floor to HBCUs. That's all I'm saying. You know, yeah. uh, Hero Sports uh, gave you know top return of defensive lineman. They gave a top forty. Uh, Kamara Stevens is listed as the 15th best FCS returning defensive lineman, according to Hero Sports, uh, for the upcoming season. Okay. Hey, that's um, that that's uh, that's good. A lot of the a lot of the preseason ranking shows and and magazines are going to start to come out in the month of June, and you're going to start to see a lot of these accolades. Uh, from a lot of these entities uh, upcoming. Any other news? One, and notes one more football we... note. Okay. Camps. What do you got? Camps. 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 Mm-hmm. We have our uh, the Willie Simmons camps. I think is what this weekend, right? Yes. Uh, I thought he was in Texas. I thought he was in Texas. Oh, that's for tomorrow. He, 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 he. Yeah. Yeah. He is for tomorrow, and then he comes back. He's out there with. Uh, I think uh, what Coach Sanders and uh, the HBCU camp at at Texas Southern, yeah. No PV. So Prairie. Oh, Prairieview. That's correct. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so he's right, so out there, but, but yeah, his camp is this weekend. The Willie Simmons Little Rattlers football camp, uh, which is at Bragg Memorial Stadium, uh, registration ends June second for ages six to thirteen. Uh, starts at eight o'clock in the morning, ends at four o'clock. Um, uh, I don't have the actual website, but I think if you go to uh, famuathletics.com or if you go to Willie Coach Willie Simmons' uh, Twitter handle or Facebook, I'm sure you can find that information. So that's a week long camp, um, starting. Are you sure it's just? It's, I thought you got on the schedule here. It's June fifth to the ninth, and then uh, June tenth is the Willie Simmons Kicking Camp, <clears throat> which uh, registration ends June ninth for rising ninth through twelfth graders from nine a.m. to one p.m. It's forty dollars to uh, you know get an opportunity to go. Uh, Coach is even having a Willie Simmons Be the Rock OLD line camp. $40, rising 9th through 12th graders. Uh, this, this is an opportunity to be seen by Coach Simmons and his staff to get on the radar. You know, there's a lot of kids that are doing these camps over the summer. Um, and this is how a lot of guys 
get on radars through these type of camps. Um, Coach is even doing a Rat Boys 2.0707 passing camp, which will take place June 10th. Mm-hmm. Um, registration for that ends on the 2nd of June. That's for grades 9 through 12. Uh, $350 team entry fee. And then in July, probably right before the start of fall camp, July 28th, the Willie Simmons Heels and Helmets Ladies Clinic, $75. Registration ends July 14th. Ages 21 to 80. Now, that's a hell of a age range right there. <laughs> 21 it, to 80. And you, you also have to give props to uh, two Twitter posters. Line cripple or crazy? <laughs> two that. Twitter posters, uh, Ty Floyd and I, forgot, I don't know the young lady's real name, but I guess she put the challenge out there uh, to Troy Johnson. And he said if she can get 25 people to sign up for this or 25 people to volunteer to come to this camp. They'll put it on. And she and Ty put the work in and they're having the camp. All right. Um, there it is. That's what's up. Um, now, speaking of camps, I now, Kelvin, I know this is in our notes, so bear with me here. FAMU softball is supposedly having a camp. Um, and I say supposedly because I haven't been able to confirm this on the site that is in this flyer but june 18th through the 20th oh you know what that's an old you notice the if you look at that flyer if you notice the date on that kelvin that's why if you you'll see what i'm seeing so i had asked i it was funny because i had asked uh uh Janaya and uh and naya when i saw him if there was a camp happening for softball and they weren't sure that there was. And so I almost, you know, uh, anyway, we, we'd like to see all of our programs eventually do camps and, and we're hoping one day, uh, that we'll do see it. Camps. Yeah. Cause yeah, everybody doing do. basketball, everybody doing basketball camps, even at waters, you know, everybody, everybody else in the state you mean is doing basketball camps. Right. Right. Everybody else in the state. All right. Let's not get in more trouble. But uh, all right, we got to put it into the show. Any other final notes and thoughts here that you want to add, Marcus, before we get up and get out of here? Um, just one quick thing. I'm still compiling my spread spreadsheet stuff for football recruiting, but they've been they've been offering a lot of folks for the classes of 24, 25, and 26, and all over. I'm still catching up, but we've hit Virginia, North Carolina, Florida, of course. Mississippi, so they're starting to spread their wings a little bit and take advantage of this national exposure. Yeah, FAMU's going to really have their opportunity to pick uh, pick the best of the best here uh, coming up. I really feel that that's on the way of happening. Um, any other final news and notes you want to add, Kelvin? Oh, one more oh, thing. Sorry, go ahead, uh, friend of the program, uh, Defron Fob with um. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Owl, all proceeds. Uh, mm-hmm. All proceeds are for the month of June for FAMU paraphernalia from ALCollection.com will go to the baseball program. Anthony so Lawrence. Any, Anthony mm-hmm. Lawrence. So any 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 purchase of FAMU merchandise on ALCollection.com 
Uh, any FAMU will go back to the, the baseball program. Um, and, and speaking of that, I also saw a percentage of proceeds. Yeah. I'm sorry. Thank you. Let me be. I mean, I give away somebody's money. <laughs> a percentage of the proceeds. <laughs> yeah. And it was also a great reminder by A.D. Sykes to give to the Rattler Athletic Fund in the name of the baseball program. So it's a great time. You know, mm-hmm. um, and again, I like to think of small numbers. So this is the 23rd championship. So maybe giving $23 in the name of, you know, FAMU baseball, all of that adds up. You know, if a thousand people gave $23, that's $23,000 going into the budget. You know, I mean, now you could choose to think bigger, maybe 25, 30, whatever, but whatever you give, the point is we got to, we got to encourage this building. You know, we're happy that the teams won. I hope you did the same thing for tennis when tennis won that we needed to drop. Hey, maybe you got an extra stipend check. Your teachers out there, you get that bonus teaching check, maybe 50, maybe $25 to tennis, $25, you know, go support your local your programs. I know when I get my little teacher bonus check, I'm going to do that. I hopefully get a bonus check. I, hopefully I did something right. Uh, but, but you know, got to give when you can give. Um, all right. Any other final notes for you, Kelvin? No, I'm just psyched and ready to go to Gainesville, man, and uh, cheer, cheer, cheer the guys on. And uh, if, we, if, if we call in games, call the games. But uh, I'm 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 looking for us to 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 put fear at least in our opponents this weekend. All right, and I was I was hopeful when I said that during the interview that I really hope there are tickets available, but I am aware that you know <laughs> the, the uh, Florida fans usually buy in in grows, but hopefully they left some seats available for the visitors, and they don't open those up until maybe Thursday. So I would say probably sometime hey, before noon. Hey, to, no, to answer your question, the 80 sites was able to secure, I think she said 40 or 50 tickets so, uh, as of a couple of hours before or five o'clock at our ticket office. So you can call the ticket office and I would encourage you to try to get by those tickets if they ain't all already from the ticket office first. And if they don't have your t- if they don't have any more, then you go to the site, the Florida web website, and get your tickets now. There will be no tickets on walk up. If they ain't oh, yeah. going, they will be going tomorrow. <clears throat> right, right. And oh no, there ain't gonna just... be no walk up tickets. Uh, no, but okay, but here, okay, so single. I'm looking at the website. Single game tickets go on sale Thursday, June one at 10 a.m. So. Tomorrow at 10 a.m., you can get single game tickets. Um, today is when general public can order session passes. So that's like if you wanted to, you know, get a all session pass, uh, which, you know, in case you're not familiar, the regional, uh, the, the regional is the two games on Friday. Then they have a winner side, a loser side, and then potentially it's double elimination format. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it'll it'll probably go up until Sunday. 
So, hey, you never know. You know, whatever happens in game one, game two is where FAMU, you know, could be playing on Sunday. Somehow, some way, we might find ourselves playing on Sunday. So, um, but the uh, all-session tickets, general admission are $30. If you want to just buy a single-game ticket, say you just want to go up Friday, it's $10. You know, it wouldn't hurt you. Probably spend the 30 on the on the general admission all-session. That'll cover your whole weekend. $30 a ticket will cover your whole weekend. So, um, go to uh, floridagators.com. Uh, just type in or look for the uh, baseball. Uh, they're all they're powered through a uh, Ticketmaster, so you can also go to Ticketmaster.com. All right, uh, I think you guys hit on everything, and so I really don't have much to conclude it with, um, other than again thanking Coach Shalom Pillow um, of our of our women's basketball program. Thankful to Coach Shoot for both of them coming on and and just being big supporters of what we do. And we are proud to support their program in any way, in every way possible. Um, shout out to uh, Rattler Nation in Atlanta or Rattler Nation who went up to Atlanta. That was fun. Let's have some more fun in Gainesville. And um, look out for our special announcement, Black College Sports Network. You know, we might be uh, doing some extra stuff uh, uh, surrounding uh, the game, okay? Uh, so that's going to do it for tonight's show. Follow the ONG Strike Zone at ONG Strike Zone, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Go download the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. My JBM, my BCSN is where you can find us. And the BCSN Pod Zone. Everywhere you listen and download podcasts, you guys would do us a huge favor if you would go be a part of the BCSN Pod Zone, find it on Amazon Music, Spotify, uh, Google, and Apple Podcasts, everywhere you go. Um, so we got to get out of here. Um, appreciate everybody for joining. Hit the thumbs up button if you didn't. If you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel or our Facebook page, you can do that as well. For Marcus, Kelvin, Kofi up above. We want to thank you guys for watching the show. Make sure to strike hard this weekend, Rattler Nations in Gainesville. Make sure to strike, strike, and strike again. Fam, you, baby, coming to Gainesville. Let's go.